I'm Marissa Norcross. And I'm Dave Freund, and this is The Next Page. Marissa, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm terrific. Thank you. It's it's summertime. I know it's like a broken record, but mm-hmm. it's summertime. We've had some thunder showers here and there, but boy, it's been a nice summer so far. Yes. Yeah. I had someone emailed me recently and just said, I hope you're enjoying this gloriously green summer. And I was, I oh, thought that, a great that was such it? a great way to put it because that's yes. my favorite part. I love how lush, how yep. green everything is right now. Yeah, and it is. It's just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, there's no other way to put it. You just get outside, enjoy it, embrace it, because um, it's one of the best parts of living in central New York. Mm-hmm. So I gave you a little bit of a heads up because I took a really strange turn in my post today, post titled Leading Like a Shepherd. What were your thoughts? Um, you know, it had it um you did give me a spoiler on this one, so I knew it was coming. But it was something that um never really came to mind for me. Um yep. you know, you mentioned Psalm twenty three, which as you say in the first line of your post this week, that is often found in cards or Reddit funerals. And right, that Reddit is funerals. <laughs> that is for sure. <laughs> So, you know, I, I kind of thought, hmm, I, you know, I've heard this many times at funerals, which yeah. I never um, drew the parallel to leadership. And you say yeah, and, that this was a strange turn for you, but I think this is a very predictable turn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I, well, well, good. Yes. This, this uh, was very well thought out by you, I think. Thank you. So, you know, I... You know, I didn't come up with this idea by myself. I mean, I had read something that kind of referred to these these leadership points that were in um, the, the 23rd Psalm. Now, the 23rd Psalm is, it's six verses. It's all it is. Um, it's a psalm written by King David, who was one of the kings of, of the nation of Israel, um, written in Hebrew. Um, and, and David, so to know a little bit about why would David write a psalm like this, so he was a shepherd before he became king. And, and it's, it's one of those, it's probably, I, I would say it's probably the most well-known psalm, you know, um, coming out of the Old Testament of the Bible that, that's out there, just because of what it speaks to. And, and oftentimes, like, you, like I had mentioned in, in what I'm writing, you, you read it inside cards or at least verses from it, and it's often read at funerals. But yet, it really talks about how a shepherd leads and cares for the flock. And so what I did was I, I kind of, well, there's actually 10 points, and, and we'll kind of go through all 10. But in my post, I, I, the first thing I said was I started out that the shepherd provides necessity. And... And it's interesting that the shepherd doesn't provide all the wants, but the shepherd provides the necessities. And, and I just, I put a note here that as leaders, we must make sure that our teams are resourced. Are, are, we, are we looking at our teams and giving them every single thing that they need to succeed? And it's interesting, if you look at the Hebrew, what the Hebrew words actually mean, it, it actually says that the shepherd feeds, guides, and shields so that they will have nothing lacking. They, they shall lack in nothing. And, 
and I started thinking back of my working career of, of how many times I felt as though I was expected to do something with nothing, where I was expected to bring about some amazing results with no resources, and that other times when I had leaders that really made sure I was resourced and how much easier it was for me to deliver the results that they were looking for. So for me, that was the first one that I, that I picked up in this, you know, and, and just that, yes, I got to make sure that my team is not wanting for things. Because if, if we look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, mm-hmm. if we aren't making sure that all of those base needs are met, they're not going to be able to produce. They're never going to get there. So then the, the other one, um, the, the next point that I put in my post here, I said in verse two, uh, we see that there are times when the shepherd makes their team members lie down in green pastures and make sure that they're led to a place where there are still waters. Now, when you talked about lush, green, that's where I went. Mm-hmm. We think of, so if we think, you know, when, when you think about lush green pastures and still waters, what, what do you suppose that does for the, the heart, the mind, the soul, and the vitality of the team member? I think it's very restoring. Yeah, it's restoring. And, and as leaders, are we making sure that our team members are rested? Are we taking them to a place that is restorative now you know certainly we would all love it if our <laughs> leaders would take us to you know a, 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 an island somewhere where we could sit down on a beach under a palm tree and you know and have you know a beverage with an umbrella in it that's not what we're talking about here mm-hmm. but 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 are we driving our team so hard that they never have a chance to catch their breath our creative juices flow when our minds can rest and I just, for me, there was this beautiful picture of what that should, what a leader should be doing. You know, finding, finding those things that will help that team member find that rest. Like first, ensuring that they take vacation. I get really frustrated when I hear companies that say, well, we allow our employees to buy back their vacation because we're so busy. Mm-hmm. So basically, they're giving them the money for the week that they didn't take and keeping them working. Mm-hmm. Now, I will be honest. As a young father with a new mortgage and, and all, you know, more bills than I had revenue, so to speak, I would have taken up, taken that up, that option up every year. I mean, I would have sold out my vacation every year because I felt I needed it. I needed the cash, but what I really needed was to just rest. And, and great leaders know how to do that. If you don't, your teams won't produce well, they'll get burned out and they'll leave which is one of the things that that we don't want to see here. Now, there's an interesting side note once. I did see once, um, thinking about the fact that that the writer of this wrote about green pastures in what would have been, you know, what Israel today was Israel. There were no lush green fields. These were still rocky mountainsides with a little bit of grass and a lot of rock. But it... It, so that to me was was stark. We don't think of it. We think of green pastures. What we see, you know, out here on Route 80 or something, as you're driving, you know, or Route 20 going to Beacon Skiff, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But you know, we have to try to figure out how do we create that. 
for, for our teams. Then the, the third point that I pulled out in my post was in verse 4, which I thought was quite interesting. It, in, in, in verse 4, and this is one that a lot of times would be, let's say, in a card for a, for a funeral you know, or a sympathy card. It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And, and I picked up on that and I thought, leaders need to create safety and protection for their team. And one of the first thoughts that I had when I was when I was writing that this morning actually was you turned this around so fast. Our listeners need to know that I gave you this <laughs> post this morning and within like three hours it was edited back in my inbox. But um think of the time that we just passed through, you know, with the pandemic mm-hmm. and, and and a lot of fears and, and it was a great opportunity for leaders to shine. And to come alongside their teams and say, you know, what are your concerns? What are you worried about? How can I help you? Um, you gr- leaders, they need to seize those moments because those are the moments that will establish what could potentially be a lifelong commitment that that employee makes to the organization. When they truly feel valued and protected by the leader. So it doesn't matter what they're going through. You have to be there for them. Whether it's a family illness, an illness that they're going through, um, the death of a family member, what, you know, a, a, a pandemic, a, a downturn in, in the economy type of thing. Do, are we there to help protect, protect our team? And so for me, that, that, was, that was a really, really important one. Um, the other thing too was that, you know, are we are we making sure that they're completely? I, I touched on this first resource, but but are we are we providing for them everything they need, not just to do their job, but to grow professionally and personally? Are we are we so in tune with who they are that we can we can um, we can help meet that need? The 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 last one that I put in the post here though was correction. Because mm-hmm. in verse 4, it also says, does say, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no river, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And, you know, a rod was used for correction. A staff was used for, to, to pull back, you know, a, a sheep that was, that was wandering too close to the edge or to help pull a sheep out of, let's say, a ditch that they had fallen into. And, and and this is this is one of the things that I um that I talk about a lot in my classes is that do great leaders lay out expectations. And and I had made I think I made this comment on a podcast a few weeks back, but unspoken expectations are planned disappointment. Mm-hmm. So why do you suppose a leader might be hesitant to lay out all the expectations? Hmm. Why they might be hesitant. Sometimes I think that maybe they're not completely organized or thought out. Okay. But that's good. Haven't thought it out. Yep. Yeah. Um, Or would they assume that the expectations are clear? Yeah. A lot of them, a lot of them assume it. I always assumed that the expectations were clear. Mm hmm. 
Well, you would know what I want. Really? So then if I'm not super clear on my expectations, now I have this planned disappointment. The employee doesn't even understand why I'm upset. Mm-hmm. They don't even know why I'm disappointed. You know, one of, the, one of the great things that leaders should do is leaders should give their employees intel on what their pet peeves are. Because <laughs> we all have them. Yeah. We all have pet peeves. All of us do. You know, and if I can say to somebody, listen, just so you know, I know this is kind of weird, but one of my pet peeves is, you know, I really, I really like it if people will acknowledge me when I say good morning. Mm-hmm. You know, or for me, I know this is crazy, but I, you know, if there's a meeting that starts at 10, I really expect people to be in the meeting at 10. Now, that is one of my pet peeves. So I'm just giving everybody that. <laughs> there is nothing that, nothing frustrates me more than going into a meeting and having people show up five minutes late. Mm-hmm. To me, that is simple arrogance that you don't care about the other people that are in the meeting. You just care about yourself. Um, but, I, you know, so I would, I would have to say to a new hire, okay, here are some of my pet peeves. Because we all have them. These are some things that, that are my expectations. Meetings do start on time. And, you know, I, I've heard of people that have done things like they will have one less chair than the number of people at the meeting. So the, <laughs> so the last, last person that comes in the, has to stand. <laughs> yeah. You know, now I'm not recommending that. I'm just saying I've heard of people that do things like that. But the point is lay out those expectations. Let them know exactly what you're looking for. And then you don't have unplanned or you, then you unplanned, unspoken expectations are planned disappointments. Why plan a disappointment that you can avoid? Mm-hmm. And the other thing is correction. Now, we, I wrote, well, how many weeks ago did I write the post, I just want to be liked? That was probably two months ago, three months a, ago. Yeah, a while ago now. Yeah. So that's, that's failed leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, if I truly do care... If I'm going to lead like the shepherd, I'm going to give correction when it's needed. Cause it, and think about this. If I go up to somebody and I give a little bit of correction right at the beginning of a, of a bad habit forming, it's not a big deal. But if I wait till it's almost a capital offense and now we're talking about giving somebody a verbal, that's not good leadership. I should just be quick enough to go in and say, hey, can we just have a quick talk? Yeah, um, we can't do this. This is why, okay? And they're going to say, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. The other thing that I, that I noted in here um, is unconditional love. And, and Dave Ramsey, I love how he puts it. He said, when you hire someone, you have to choose to love them. And I bring this up in all my training, and, I, and I'm sure we talked about it in a podcast. Mm-hmm. And I get some really strange looks when I say, you have to choose to love the people that report to you. And then I ask the question, do you love your kids? If they, at first I say, how many of you have kids? And I wait for the hands to go up. And I say, do you love your kids? Oh, yeah, I love my kids. Do you always like your kids? <laughs> and then I get, you know, and then the room starts looking at each other and the smirks. And I go, I love my kids. I don't always like my kids. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we can't stand our kids. But there are kids and we love them. And when we love them, we will always go the second and third mile to do what's best for them because mm-hmm. we love them. That's, <coughs> excuse me, 
It wouldn't be a podcast without a cough. <laughs> so that's what this leading like a shepherd's all about. You love them in spite of what they're doing, in spite of how they're acting, and you always make your you always take the steps necessary to help them succeed regardless of whether or not it has them disliked. Because as much as we love our kids, we know that there's times when our kids don't like us. Mm-hmm. But we do what we need to do with them. And then, uh, and I will go through all 10 just to make sure we, we recap them. But the last thing that I put in my, um, in my post was that there are a lot of people that say, hey, I'm in charge of X number of people. And if somebody ever says that to me, I correct them. And I said, no, you're not. Oh, yeah, I have so many. I said, no, you are not in charge of those people. Those are people in your charge, which means you are responsible for them. That's different than me being trolling or able to control them. And when we have, so we need to remember that leadership is a privilege. It's not a right. And as I kind of went through this, this psalm and I digested it a bit, um, and what I had, I have a, a leadership, it says leadership promises for every day. And that was the book that I was reading one day and it talked about being like the shepherd. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. That's pretty deep. So I sent you the list. Mm-hmm. Um, of those 10, which ones jumped out at you? Hmm. Um, I think number one provides necessities jumped out at me. Yep. Yeah. Four, uh, renews and restores. Yep. And let's see. I think I think those would be my top two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I kind you know I re- I I kind of sense that you would go there. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know that you know you want to excel in everything you're doing, so you need the resources to do it. Can't excel without resources. So yeah, number one was provide necessity. Um, number two was, was to give rest. And I already talked about it. It's so critical. You know, a worn out team member can't produce. Mm-hmm. And, and I have to really, you know, from, from my perspective, you know, I want to give out a shout out uh, to Randy, um, our CEO, because there's times when he will tell me, mm-hmm. you need to take your foot off the gas. And he, he did that for me this last spring where I was going, going, going. And you know, he was smart enough to realize to, you know, wait till he saw that I was going to make the numbers I needed to make. Um, but then he said, take your foot off the and, and make sure that you, you get some rest. Um, number three was confidently leads. This is critical. No, if, if you are not confident, nobody's going to follow you. It's that simple. And, and it's interesting when I see leaders that, aren't confident. So leaders that lack confidence, insecure leaders become dictators. They, they aren't willing to do 360. Um, they aren't willing to let other people share ideas. They don't listen to people. And they end up running, literally driving people right out of their organization. People will, will run right out of the organization. Uh, you talked about renew and restores. Number five was guides and directs. And it's interesting that great leaders understand there's a time for guiding and there's a time for directing. And, you know, there's times in my life when I've had to have a boss say, no, you know, I know this is what you'd like to do, but this is what we need to do right now. 
versus, hey, have you thought about that? Have you thought about this? Uh, number six was prevents from harm. Again, we have to make them feel safe. If our teams don't feel safe, they can't produce. Number seven was feeds and anoints. And, and that one I thought about for a while. And I actually looked at the original Hebrew words and what they meant there. And I, I still, I, I, so I'm going to use what I think it means as, uh, as leading like a shepherd, not necessarily what the Hebrew word might have meant there. But feeding is clear. Are we giving them the nourishment? The, are we energizing them? Are we giving them, you know, things that inspire and, and motivate? But the anointing, I looked at this as um, honoring when we need to and recognizing the talents and promoting those that show ability mm. as anointing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I know that the psalm says anoints my head with oil, which could be, which could be almost like a medicinal type of purpose, um, a caring for type of thing, um, especially in like a dry environment. But I also know that kings in that time were anointed to be king. So I'm taking that as um, finding those and, and really finding a way to anoint each employee, each team member, giving them this, this promotion to something that they can aspire. So that's what I took from that. Whether it might be right, might be wrong. I don't know. Um, but since it's my post, I can say what I want, right? <laughs> exactly. Number eight, corrects and comforts. And I love that how we talk about the rod and the staff, you know, that there's Mm -hmm. this correction, but there's also a comforting, you know, almost this, um, yeah, choosing to love type of thing, which takes them to nine, loving unconditionally. Do I love you enough as an employee to risk losing you as a friend by doing what's best? And that's the key. And the reality is that if I do love my team members enough to say what I need to say and do what I need to do, I'm not going to lose them as a friend. And I might for a time, but they'll understand and come back. I actually had a young man. I was sharing this story with a coaching client last week. I had a young man that I fired when I was at Self-Lock. And he had, he had all kinds of attendance issues. In it. And I just said, listen, I'm sorry, I can't put up with this anymore. And you know, I had warned him and, and got to the point where I had to let him go. And his brother was still working with us. And he came to pick up his brother once. And he said, can I talk to you for a minute? I said, sure, come on in. And, and he said, I want to thank you for firing me. I said, really? He goes, I just needed the wake-up call. And I wasn't taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. So you did me a real favor by asking me to leave. And then... Um, Number 10 was a little bit hard for me, but furnishes permanent shelter. And, and, and what, I, what I'm thinking there is that, you know, if we have an organization where we are leading our teams the way a shepherd would lead the sheep, so to speak, um, and we're, we're caring, if we're doing all nine of these things above it, above this, our organizations will be successful and mm-hmm. organizations will grow and our organizations will evolve as markets evolve and as economies shift. And I really think that we should set up organizations where if someone would choose to stay for their entire career, they can. That there's that kind of longevity that's there of the organization where they could. And, you know, one of the things, so how old is Macney? 105? Eight. 108? 108. Mm-hmm. Wow. So we're 108 years old. 
MACNY's one of those organizations. And MACNY historically has had some folks that have been there a long time. Um, and others have come and gone. But so, you know, Self-Lock just turned 100 a year ago. Two years ago? Two years ago. Um, it can be done. And again, if we lead our organizations the way we should, and we truly care for our people, and we, in, we inspire them, and we nurture them, and we get them the rest that they need, they will make sure that we're there for the long term. So that's it. Leading like the shepherd. What did I miss? Um, I, the one, one thing that I thought of for that number 10 with the yes. Furnishes Permanent Shelter, where you used the word success, and I was thinking more like security. Similar idea, mm, like though. It. But that it's, um, you know, success can be defined in so many different ways. But I, I really yeah. looked at it as more of like a, a, a secure place to be. And, yes. and like you said, you know, if the, the nine things above it are happening, it creates yep. that secure environment. Yeah, very good. And, and you know, when you, when you mentioned that, um, I was reminded of a leader that I think led like a shepherd and it mm -hmm. was Bill Allen that, that ran Welch Allen for so many years. Mm -hmm. And I was at Volpe when Welch Allen, when Bill sold off the custom fiber optic division. And from what I knew as the production manager at Volpe, I, again, I didn't know the details. I didn't see, you know, the financials of the deal, but we were not the highest bidder. But he sold the division to Volpe because he said he believed that Volpe offered the best future for his people. Mm -hmm. That's a leader looking for, you know, caring for his people, even in a time when they were going to be sold, because I think he realized how that might leave them. I have no idea <laughs> what I'm writing about next week. That's okay. But something will come up. And, you know, mm -hmm. we're recording pr probably the earliest we've ever recorded in a week. Mm -hmm. So I've actually got a little bit extra time. Got plenty of time. But, but something will come up. Anything exciting on the summer bucket list that's lying in store for the Norcross family? We're, you know, we're moving right through it. So it's all pretty exciting. But nothing okay. determined yet for the coming days. All right. Well, I, this is my final chance to remind our listeners that this Friday evening, Saturday, and Sunday is the Antique Boat Show in beautiful Skinny Alice, New York. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Good. So with that, I'm Dave Freund. I'm Marissa Norcross. And this was The Next Beat. <laughs>